Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and we are crushing it, killing it, and making 2020 a more fun and entertaining year, given everything that's been going on this year, the absolute craziness of it all. And by the time the show comes out, hopefully we've resumed to some level of normality, or at least, you know, we're in a better place than we were uh, last year, and a little bit more happier and closer together. Now, that being said, today's episode, uh, my guest is the one and only Tiffany Largi. I say that tentatively because I'm going to ask her in a second because I feel like I would have got that wrong, but it is Largi. Yep. Um, she is a master storyteller as well. She can be seen as one of my competitors and my rivals, but one of my closest friends suggested that we speak and I'm not above getting a friend and meeting a new friend, especially one that enjoys story as much as I do. So with that being said, Please join me in appreciation appreciation of bringing on one badass Banff, so badass motherfucker herself, Tiffany <laughs> Largi. Hey, Tiffany. Good to have hey, you on the show. Hey, I'm I'm good. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I mean, the world stuff trying to come to an end, but I'm good, and I'm excited, That's and I'm glad good. to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on here. But real quick before we get started, guys, please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. If you're a fan of the podcast, please keep sharing and showing the love. The more reviews we get, the better uh, of our results we get, and the more I can get more of these excellent people on board uh, on my show. That also being said, we are sponsored by crushitwithyourstory.com. Go there, check it out. Basically figure out how you can actually get a couple of days of storytelling advice from a master storyteller herself on how to grow your business, help your life, and change so many things around you because that is actually key, um, among other things, which we're going to get to in a moment. And of course, we're sponsored by adelmarcy.com where we actually go ahead and share these podcasts, drop the blog, and of course, give away some pretty cool, fun tricks and ideas around stories ourselves. That being said, Tiffany, I got to ask, how did you actually get into storytelling? Because like that's that's my first question, because I'm really curious on people's origins around this. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's not even necessarily that it's storytelling. It's actually more telling your story. Yes, which actually, me, you are correct. That I will uh, change my tune to that. No, no, it's, it's, it's kind of two different things for me in my world. And to be quite honest with you, uh, it was the game changer for me. I mean, me and my willingness to own my story, stop apologizing for it, stop living in shame um, and stop hiding from it, it. It allowed me to, to change just about everything in my life. And, and, um, and I, and I, and I don't think I'd be so excited if I didn't have all of my story there versus me just telling pieces and parts that make other people feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I totally get that. And um, I can relate with that, especially because there was a lot of the time in my past where I didn't feel comfortable telling parts of my story. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are still parts of my story that I'm not comfortable sharing just yet. But we're getting there. My curiosity is what was it that really sparked your interest in being able to tell your story? Because like, that there's an initial point in every bit that kind of breaks that says, I need to tell the story now. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's just, it just can't die within, inside of me. It has to be outside. Like, What was that point that got you to that? So 17 years ago, I was a single mom. Mm -hmm. um, I had two girls. They're 18 months apart, and I was putting them to bed hungry all the time. And truth be told, I, I just wanted to die. 
I hated life so much. I hated God. I hated all things in between because I couldn't flipping figure this shit out. Like I, I couldn't figure it out. I could not figure it out. And there was no one around to help me. Um, once I made a decision to stop thinking small, specifically when it came to my story, everything changed. I mean, I went from being this single mom, um, angry, pissed off, just frustrated all the time to building a handful of multiple six figure businesses. And then I went on to build a multiple seven figure business. And for me, it was like, I, I want to say and tell you that it was me learning how to be a good storyteller, but getting to six figures first was me and my willingness to just own my own stories. But me getting to seven figures, it was me owning and telling my entire story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's kind of when the game changed because you know most of us were really comfortable with telling the good and the bad, right? We're like, okay, I'll tell the good, and shit, I'll, I'll tell a little bit of the bad, but it's the ugly parts of our story that actually have the lessons. It's the ugly parts of our stories that have the how we did it. It's the ugly parts of our story that the, it's what the world actually needs to hear. And that was my greatest lesson in life because it's the ugly parts that we keep secret or we skim over or we only tell a, com uh, you know, a few comfortable people. But man, when I walked into that ugly and made that first and foremost, everything changed. I can imagine, I can imagine it would do. And like everyone has that, but like before we dive down into that rabbit hole, cause I really want to, I'm curious <laughs> about one thing in particular, because there was like someone that has actually gone through those stages myself. And, you know, in some cases I am still going through those stages. That's my cat, by the way, not a human chase says, hi, everybody. Um, I always have to say that because I always forget like there, there are new listeners and people forget that I have a very vocal cat that seems and to realize on you. I love it. Oh, you know what's crazy though? This is the craziest thing. This this tiny little motherfucker here knows it's a Thursday. He knows it's podcast day. <laughs> like, cause every day around this time, he's asleep. Not a peep out of him. He's he's I usually asleep that. on me. Like he's asleep on my lap or he's asleep next to me. There's plenty of space for him right now. And he's like, nope, I'm going to meow. I'm going to meow. I want, I want the world to know my voice. They need to know my story. He's like, you're not leaving my ass out. Absolutely not. Yeah, like, include, include me in this story, dad. I, I want to be there. Just love my cats. But anyway, um, what I was going to say, I don't know what I was going to ask, but oh, that was it. There was, there's always like a certain point in every part of like um, our own personal stories. And something you mentioned particularly was like where you wanted to give up, where you wanted to end everything. And there is a true resilience in A, admitting that, but B, actually persevering past that. And, you know, first of all, I want to commend you for that because I know it's not easy. But I do want to ask, what was it that you've done over that time period to actually switch it around where you've gone from hate to love, from struggle to success, from the idea of hiding to like telling the story that you tell that is yours? Like what, what, what is the driving metric behind it that just keeps it moving forward? You know, I feel, like, I feel like, oh yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I feel like over the last decade and a half, it's just, it's metamorphosed and it's changed at every chapter. So it's like, for me, um, 
And, and, you know, our programs, products and our company, our live events is literally based on how my, how I evolved through my story, because a lot of times we think it's like tactic and strategy, and it's really not tactic and strategy when it comes to growing yourself and growing a business. Sometimes it's acknowledgement and decisions. And for me at first, it was like, I had to make a decision. So like kind of step number one, I had to make a decision that I was going to own my value, even though no one else around me wanted to find me valuable. I had to find myself valuable. Um, and that is where I left making $10 and 22 cents an hour. Cause I made $10 and 22 cents an hour, but it was a thousand dollars put each kid in preschool, you know? So I was like negative $400 before I even thought about like rent and food and anything else. So, and that takes me to like kind of phase number two and that's where I wasn't making a hundred thousand, but I definitely, I started a business. Uh, I went to one of, you ever, you ever been to one of the bookstores and then it'll have like top 50 businesses. You could start for under a thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, we have those. And as well as you have other books like uh, the hundred dollar startup or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly right. So I just read that book and I literally picked something out of that book. Uh, that's how I started my very first business. And it was, I went to the section that was zero to a hundred. And it said that I could start a gift basket business for a hundred bucks. And um, I borrowed a hundred dollars. I borrowed 20 and 40 and 60 kind of a thing. 20, 40 and 60. Okay. So that's 120. So to 20, 40, I borrowed dollars from people around me and it equaled right around a hundred. I bought the stuff that it said. And I sat on this floor where my, you know, uh, my rent was past due and I started making baskets. I got to, I don't know, about 40, 40 or so thousand. It didn't stop me from bleeding, but it did stop me from hemorrhaging. So then, you know, after that, it was like, okay, I realized that now that I had owned my value, I needed to start connecting with people because I, I hated, I hated people. I, I felt like, you know, no one got me. I felt alone and I felt trapped in my aloneness. And I felt like no one could relate to me and I couldn't relate to no one else. And, and um, that got me to, you know, my willingness to just sit down and kind of focus. It got me to making money and it got me to six figures. But um, the jump from six to seven figures was huge because it wasn't an, an indoctrination of something walking in through the door. I had realized around that point that I would present the version of me that I felt was comfortable to the people in front of me. So that was me sharing my good and my bad of my story. I dare not go into my ugly. I dare not face rejection. I dare not face shame. I dare not hide. Um, and so I realized that like, and I, that at that time I started hiring uh, people in um, this company. I had started, started hiring people, but man, every time they would come into the coffee room and they will start talking about like what college they went to, universities. I was like, shit, I got to get out of here. So I would conveniently make up the fact that my phone was ringing because I didn't want to, I don't want no one to find out that I didn't go to school. I didn't want anyone to find out I had, you know, been putting my kids to bed hungry, sleeping on couches. I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't want anyone to know that I had come from an abusive place. Like all the things I had tried to hide forever. I just wanted them to think that I always had my shit together. Here I was in this suit. And that I, you know, and then also like I'm black and I 
I'm a woman. And in the place that I was in, being black and being a woman was not too cool and copacetic. So I also was like trying to just, um, I don't know, be strong, be strong or appear to be strong or, and not appear to be vulnerable. But there was a, there was a point where I got sick and tired of, um, hiding and running. And, um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it actually happened in this kind of one day. So I'm, I'm sitting in this restaurant. There are all these big wigs at this point. My business partners are Xerox corporation and Hewlett Packer. There are all these big wigs who come and they're coming for this meeting to, uh, Florida or uh, to, to Florida. And we're sitting around this table and we're dead hungry. You ever been so hungry that you're like, I, I just can't think anymore. I, I got to eat. We have to eat. Yeah. And we're, there's, um, there's this waitress. She comes up and I'm last on the list and she goes and all these guys they're ordering and I'm about to pass out. And the first guy orders a wedge. You, you know what a wedge is? A, a wedge is a meal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that I said to myself, I looked at the description. I'm like, you're dead hungry and you're ordering half a head of lettuce. What? It was the craziest thing for me. So the next person orders, they all order and they all order a half a head of a lettuce on a plate. Some have bacon, some don't have bacon, some have dressing, some don't have dressing. And then she gets to me and I was like, I cannot do this. Now I was tempted. I was tempted to follow the leader kind of a thing because I didn't want to be left out. I didn't want people to know anything about me. But I was so hungry that I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep not being me. So uh, she gets to me and I put the menu over my face and I whisper to her, I'm like, I'll have a cheeseburger. You know, and she's like, look at me like shit. And I'm like, extra cheese and fries. And, and no one can hear what I'm saying. And they're all wondering what I'm ordering. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. Now it seems insignificant, but it was the very first step. It was like, okay, I am going to order this. Some of these people are going to reject me. They're going to judge me, but it's okay. I need to allow myself to be judged and I need to allow myself to be rejected. It was the very first time I had ever subjected myself to doing that at the attempt of me having all of me at the table. One of the most important moments of my life. That's pretty amazing. And to be fair, something I love about that is it, it's very similar to like how in my world, what happened to me was I remember I, I've never been the type of person that would fit in for with others. It's kind of weird. Cause like my story is, uh, so while your story is kind of going from one place to another, to another building yourself up and, and actually becoming the woman that you are today. Um, my story of who I am is kind of almost the, not an exact opposite, but it has similarities for me. It's the case of, I went from, I know who I was, got amnesia, forgot who I was. And then parts of me kept battling to bring back who I really am. Um, which is a whole different type of story, by the way. So the people listening out there, uh, we'll talk about that at some point, but essentially what really kind of grasped me is there was that time where I would try and do things, not with food, but with other things to fit in, like getting fashion choices for some reason or getting the right sneakers everyone's getting. You know, it was, it was always that case. And, um, and in some cases I would rebel, other cases I'd fit in, but it wasn't, it, it was, it was always the weirdest, nerdiest shit that I'd be into. Like, honestly, we like Pokemon cards and stuff like that. that. That was my age. Um, and I was like a real nerd about it. 
But there was a day that I remember a friend of mine tried to get me into a type of um, naughty thing and I wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like that day, I was like, all right, cool, peace out. I'm going home now. And he's like, wait, I thought you liked the show. I was like, I really don't. It sucks. <laughs> the story writing is terrible. And um, from that day on, like, he's still one of my best friends. And he still goes, do you remember that day that you just like got up and like left the house? Like, no conversation, no nothing. You're like, right, I'm done. I'm going. I'm going. Screw you. Sometimes it's just what it takes. You just know when you're done. And that's the moment. you got to move. Yep. It, it's so crazy exactly what goes on uh, in your head, and especially as you evolve and become uh, a different person over time. Now, my curiosity really abounds towards, like, what what have you done in, like, what have you read that has actually truly helped you conceptualize um, and kind of rebalance? Because we all tell each other, we all tell ourselves a certain story in our mind about why we can or we can't do things. But what did you do in that time to recalibrate that internal monologue? If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. I, I think it makes sense. So I don't, it wasn't really necessary that I read. I just started practicing. I just, I just started talking about myself and being selfish. Yeah. I was going to say, cause in that time period, it was, um, I also remember my other question. Sorry to interject for a second, no, but um, it, it's, it's actually a better, better question. And that is like back then it was actually very, very difficult for anyone to actually express the story, let alone, as you said, a black woman in a part of the world where it's kind of like not in your favor at the time. Um, And 15 years ago, I mean, like even the advent of talking about your mental health 15 years ago, you looked like you were a crazy person. Yeah, I did. I was a crazy person for a hot minute. Yeah. I mean, like, um, for me, uh, to give you an idea, 15 years ago, uh, I jumped off a seven-story car park and um, spiked my skull into the ground because I tried to kill myself. Um, still alive, not paraplegic, thank God. Only walked away with two bruised ribs and some internal bleeding. No idea how. Not going to question it. Going to go with a miracle. Because sometimes shit happens. It just happens the way it happens. Because I passed out on the way down. But that happened 15 years ago. I could not admit that. I mean, my parents didn't know about that until two years ago. Mm-hmm. And my mother drew, drove me to the hospital late that night. Um, and, she, and, like, she believed the lie I told her when I was 15. Bless her heart. I love my mom very much, but she believed the lie. And I remember, like, going to it and being like, yep, bleeding, pain, you know, throwing up, horrible pains and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not going to say that's a mental health issue because I don't want to end up in the crazy bin or to be looked at with special care or be held. So it was like that mindset was that. Today, mm-hmm. we can actually tell our story far more freely. Yeah, so, my que- so my question is for someone, uh, so the question I'm changing to really and leading to is in today's world, someone that has fears and like, oh my God, if I tell my story, my family, my friends, the people involved are all going to hate me and whatever it is, I don't know how to deal with it. Because I do love them, but I don't like what's going on here. Um, how do they build that courage to act in spite of that fear to actually tell their story? You know, it's like it's that's kind of a double question for me because, in theory, the answer for me is simple. It's like sometimes you don't you you tell your story and you're still scared. It's like I don't want anyone to believe that you just stop being scared and then you do it and then everything's okay. Like that's not how this shit goes down. It's like a hundred percent. You're still scared. 
but it's like your human responsibility to do it anyways. It's literally the reason why I sold my company five years ago, because I'm like, I, I hear a lot of let's tell our stories and our stories are good. But what I find is that man, like when we just tell our stories and we don't tell everything, we don't, we, we leave out pieces of ourselves and no one ever really gets to actually know us. And the reality is that in 2015, when I, or 2014, I should say, I'm running this seven figure business. It's brick and mortar. We have a handful of offices, but all I can hear and see is an industry teaching other people just how to tell their stories. But that person would tell their story. They would either get some laughs or some cries either from the stage or whatever it might be. But that person inside was still empty. They still hadn't made the connections they wanted in life. They weren't enjoying love and laughter on a daily basis. And why? Because parts of them were still dormant. And it's like, for me, all of you has to be present all the time with every person you meet, whether you just met them or you didn't. So the second part of that answer is, even though I say you, you own your human responsibility and you start practicing, it's like, I find that no matter how many times I said that it was, or I taught that a portion of that audience for that room would do it and a portion didn't. So in 2015, I literally just started getting on stages myself. I was like, well, shit, I'm just going to reach. I'm going to physically get in as front of as many people as I possibly can before I, I die, before God takes me home. And I'm going to show, I'm going to leave first. Cause when I tell my whole story, the good, the bad and the ugly, but not the timeline version of it, not like, oh, well, this should happen and then that happened and then that happened because that's what a lot of people do. And that's the timeline. Nobody really cares about the timeline. Connection is currency. That's what we believe here at Do The Damn Thing Nation. So it's like a connection is currency. And my very first responsibility is to connect. And, and I don't mean currency in terms of dollars. I mean currency in terms of whatever it is that has value. So if it's dollars, if it's love, if it's respect, if it's whatever it might be, mm-hmm. if connection currency, then it's like you, your first responsibility, the second you meet somebody, no matter where you're meeting them is to connect. So the very first thing I started doing was one by one audience by audience, thousand by thousand. I just started telling my story first and making everything else last. That's powerful. That is very powerful. And it's very, very true. There is a lot of storytelling out there that is just empty on the inside. There's no development of person along with story. It's like they reach a plateau and that's the end of their journey. Like I've noticed that quite a bit lately. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's like they reach a plateau because it's kind of like, think about it like this. Okay. Like you and I, like I just meet you and you go, Hey Tiffany, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing good. I'm doing really, really good. But inside, I'm actually not doing good. The truth of the matter is that, shit, I just lied to you. Yeah. And there, like, no matter how you break up with them, like, I don't care who you are. The, the, when you say to me, Tiffany, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. And I tell you that, which is the art of telling a good story or crafting what we want an audience to hear or curating what comes out of our mouth. I lied to you. And the fact of the matter I don't care what country, what place, what color, what sex. When you lie to somebody, like nothing good can start, can end with with a lie. We can't really develop a friendship. We can't really, you can't really respect me as a 
customer or client or a leader. So it's like, I just made a decision that I'm so tired of the bullshit lies out there that I was like, well, shit, if I'm the only one, so be it someone I'm, I am going to stand in the truth, whatever that is, for as long as I possibly can. And if I teach others to do the same thing, then other people will start doing the truth. So for me, it was like, well, you know, done with the lies. I am just going to start with the truth because I I met this person and I really do want to connect to them as hard and as deeply as I possibly can right now at this minute, because shit, this is the only minute I got. I may not get more minutes. I may not have another time. So this is it. This is my one opportunity to go deep. And that is very, very true. And so profound. Sorry, you've actually left me slightly speechless because that is actually something that we as humans actually do is we are trained from a young age to lie. And when you lie to someone, there is no grounds for trust to be built on that. Bingo. There's no way. It's impossible. It's the reason why so many entrepreneurs and small business owners, and then there's just great humans out there in the world. They're looking, especially when you get older and you're, you're looking for a community, you're looking for friends, you're looking for to, to, to not stop the loneliness, but to stop the inner loneliness, because you could physically be with people and still be inside alone. But you're, you're hunting for that shit. You're hunting hard. But yet, you know, so many things, we get opportunities because the, the universe is giving us opportunities. It puts us in great places. It puts us in great events. It houses us connect people like how I got connected. And I for sure, absolutely. I totally could say, sure, I'm doing great. Or man, everything's awesome. Or, oh, whoa, we're, we're working on some great things. Like I could say all that bullshit. But the truth of the matter is that that's not how I feel. And I'm not trying to lie. I'm not trying to lie. But the second that we're willing to own the truth, all of the truth, all of our own truths, forget the truths out there in the world. Like that shit really doesn't matter until you own your own truths, your own truths. And you're willing. And, and, and for me, like in what we teach is like, you don't really own it until you can say it out loud. If you own it for yourself, then you're not owning it. Because if you can't say it out loud, if you're not talking about it, that, them, they, if you're not walking through it, then that means you're ashamed. That means you're scared. That means that you're holding on to the possibility of rejection. And it's like, it's okay to be rejected. Because I know for a fact that, man, every time I open my mouth, there are some people who are like, shit, I can't believe she just said that. That's because they're afraid of their the truth. And then a lot of times they're just hiding in their own insecurities. But for that, there's a, the amount of people who are like, fuck, I can't believe she did say that. And, and those people now get the, they get the, it's like, that's the second part to your question. They get the courage in that moment because they saw me do it. And that courage, that window, they're willing to then go and, and own a part of their themselves and their own truth. Because you know what happened? It's like, shit, on the other side of this, I might actually start laughing again. I might actually have a better relationship with my kids. I may actually have a better relationship with my spouse. Man, I might actually find the best friend because I've been alone all this time and I have good friends, but I don't have best friends. I might actually turn this business around because all of me is at the table. I might actually uh, attract my ideal customer, my ideal client. Like I'm, this shit might actually happen. And that's called hope. And that hope is real. And that hope is literally all. So it's like, that's, the, that's what our whole business is based upon. Because I know for a fact that now, especially, I mean, shit, we've touched, we've touched hundreds of thousands of people. I've spoke, I mean, last year alone, I spoke to 10,000 people in person and talked and touched 10,000 people in person. And it's like, you know, I used to not believe that one person could make a difference, 
I used to believe that in my small thinking, but after me and my willingness to own my own story and to not be ashamed and to take a deep breath and all of the things that I'm afraid of. And it's not that I'm not afraid, but should you just, I have to move anyways, because the stakes are too high for every person that doesn't tell the lessons that doesn't talk about the uglies of their story. There are people out there who suffer. Agreed. I could not agree more with that because like when you hide who you truly are, you're stopping someone else actually finding the same way out. Bingo. That's exactly it. And they need it. They need you. They need me. They need you. They need us. They need our lessons. It's the only shit you can't buy in a store. They need the human experience without it. Some of them stay stuck. And, and I just made a decision that I I wasn't going to be part of the problem. I needed to become part of the solution. Yeah. I mean, that is so powerful as well, because like, once you make that decision, it's truly a decision. You cut off any kind of retreat back from it. One of the things I really want to ask you specifically about this is actual. So for people that are listening out that obviously I have my way of finding someone's story, which is of course, I look at what was the point of defeat in your life? What was the point where you knew there was no point of return and what were the steps in between? And then you find your story tenuously built, built out of that. I'm curious, what is the thing that you guys look at first when looking for, um, when looking at someone's story? Like if they're coming to you and like, hey, this is my story and what I believe is my story. How yeah. do you guys find the truth behind that? Because there are some people who think they know their story. And then when you look at it, you're like, no, that's just top level. Let's go five levels down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, there's actually, I mean, for us, there's actually a process. And um, when people come to our live events or they come and they just stalk us, we have the first step, which is you've got to be able to tell your story in three sentences, the whole thing. So I believe 100% that everybody's story, the whole thing can be taught, can be told in three sentences. And the three sentences come in this framework. So I'll just teach it here. So if anyone's taking, like, I encourage you to take notes and give it a try because not only do people pay thousands of dollars for it, but they travel literally from all over the world to masters because once you can do this you, you literally can get to step two and three but more importantly first the life you've always wanted to to live you can design it by hand and then second the business that you've wanted to grow or the business you can't grow you can't scale it's inside of this so the beginning of the the beginning of the first sentence is the beginning and the beginning has these three components it's got the place setting and the people The middle has the problem, the challenge, the obstacle, and the thing that we've got to overcome. And then the end of this story, the end of the story has the solution, the answer, the win. Now, a sentence for each. And what's important is that all three sentences have to be about you. We have to identify inside of that middle what problem that you had. What problem did you have and that you overcame in which you're now, you're now selling as the solution? So in business, this comes in 100% in the frame of, like this comes in 100% in the frame of you are now selling me the steps that you took. So I'm going to add one key thing, which is the bridge. So in between the middle and the end of this story, there's a bridge. What did you do? 
What did you do that allowed you to get to the end? What did you do? And it's, um, and it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a step that you took. So for me, it's like when I'm asked, well, how did you build a seven-figure business? I made a decision to stop thinking small and own my story. That's actually what I did. That's the step that I took. It wasn't that I ran Facebook ads. It wasn't that I built a course. That, shit, that stuff came comes later. I 100% owned my story and stopped apologizing for it. And I stopped thinking small. So the important part about the end of the story is that it's got to be quantifiable. So it's just got to be quantifiable. For us, we require and ask the client to come up with three quantifiable wins. And sometimes we're thinking quantifiable has to be with dollars. And quantifiable is not always dollars. Okay. Quantifiable, you know what I mean? Like quantifiable can be a, a ton of things. Shit, it could be a ton of things. Yeah, but I mean, it could be like, did, did you help someone do something really fun with their life? Did you... Uh, is it a result that you got for a client? Not so so much financially, but just something that made someone happy or helped them heal in some way. It could, yes, for sure. And for us, what we're looking for is we want it to be three quantifiable things about you, about your life. Could you give about, me an example? Yeah. So um, let me give my three sentences. <laughs> so that way, whoever's so that way, as we're listening, you could hear. I'll just give three sentences and then I'll change the end. Um, so 17 years ago, I was a single mom uh, putting my kids to bed hungry. And every day I literally just wanted to die. I hated life and everything in it. Once I made a decision to stop thinking small, everything changed. I went from being uh, that mom to building a handful of multiple six-figure businesses and then onto a multiple seven-figure business. Now, if now I, I quantified it and I'm going to stop there. I quantified it in, in terms of like dollars, right? Dollars and cents. Mm -hmm. But my, I could change that easily for, and once I made a decision to stop thinking small, everything changed. I now live in one of the most expensive cities in the country I experience love and laughter every day with my do the damn thing team, my employees. And I fly once a week to have fun with my friends around the world. Those are three wins, lifestyle wins that my person, that, that my avatar wants. And that could be because they've, they've built a business, they're doing a couple hundred thousand dollars, but they still don't have the freedom inside of their business. Or maybe they're a woman or maybe they're a man and they're like, shit, I've been running this business for a long time. And yeah, we're successful, but I mother, I just don't love my mother life. Like, I'm just like, I'm not really happy with this thing. And so in that aspect, it's my win is in threefold. Let's say I was speaking to an audience of, of mothers and it's like, and now I never miss a quantifiable wins for me. So you have to think through like the quantifiable wins are for whoever the audience is for. Um, I now, I never miss any of my kids' most important things. Um, my children are all honor roll students and they've all deemed me their best friend and would rather mm -hmm. spend time with me than their friends at school. Mm -hmm. And I, um, 
And um, another quantifiable win is a mom. And all three of my kids have started, uh, we've started businesses together. So like for the mom who's running a company, right? Or the, the parent who's running a company and they're like, okay, I'm running this company. I'm super successful, but I don't have any balance. My kids are, they're, they're not doing well in school. They barely want to talk to me and they feel like I'm never around. Does that make sense? Like those quantifiable wins, they speak to that person. So it doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter what your quantifiable wins, but everybody got wins and they have wins. You teach the wins and you share the wins to what you've accomplished right now. And in years from now, you're going to have new wins and your story is going to evolve and you're going to add on change or shift those wins, but they're your wins and you can't overlook them. And, and the truth is that you never know, like, um, so many people, um, not, cannot just benefit from your win, but we think that it's, everybody does it and it's simple. And we overlook some of the simple things that we've accomplished. That's like mountain stuff to other people, which is why you got to share because then I, not only do I have hope that it's possible for me to get from there to there, but I also say, this is the way to do it. So it's like, shit, where am I thinking small? Shit, have I owned my story? Do I talk about my story? Do I talk about myself? Do I own myself? Hmm. Does that make sense? That does make sense. It's very, very deep. So my brain's actually like sitting down taking notes on all of this. <laughs> because at the end of the day, that's the that's the key thing that I love about our industry and where we're getting at today. Because again, kind of taking back between like when I started out 12 years ago to where we are today. Yeah. Thankfully, there was so much more collaboration between different styles of actually understanding and modalities of learning than what they used to be. Because this kind of stuff, you'd get invited onto a show with someone that does something remotely similar to you. And you're not, I don't know if it was the same for you, but like a long, for a while, it felt like if I went onto a show, we were like gearing up to have not a fight, but like we were going to have a verbal disagreement on things. <laughs> yes. Where in reality, like in my mind, I even said it like before the show, so you guys know, like um, Tiffany and I had a little bit of a chat before the show, and I was jokingly going to do something along those lines, like an old school wrestling promo. But in reality, I, I, I love those from time to time. And like uh, my buddy Jay White, he and I are going to be doing something like that soon enough. Um, for like our own because we're both copywriters so like we're gonna basically go back and forth and kind of show off like we're gonna get on this we're gonna build up like this once in a lifetime facebook live thing and then we're just gonna jump on board and just kind of like duke it out but we're actually friends like we've got each other's points we're gonna have a debate over the same thing and copy and then see where we go go to it but it's gonna help everyone because different le learning modalities help for different people so for me uh to have you on the show and to take notes is essentially something that I really enjoy about where we've gone to as a community and industry. We're mm. no longer like cutthroating and tripping each other up. Rather like, I see what you're doing. That's cool. Can I learn some stuff? Yep, absolutely. There's no need for the cutthroat. Like the world is big enough and, and, and the we will always, always be bigger than the I. Always. And collectively, we can see what's happened with community. Absolutely. And then the truth is that inside of your story has lessons that I have no, that I have yet to learn. Yeah. Period. And a subject. subject, which means, yes, absolutely. Anytime, you know, I love the fact that you brought that up because I, it's really the difference between those who live in scarcity mindset and then those who um, hold, are holding on to insecurities. And a lot of the times the insecurities are somewhere fear for me inside of their stories. And it's like, 
I 100%, I too look to um, learn from others who are teaching because I know the principle, which is I've never lived their life before and their story has something that I need to learn. I need to learn. I absolutely need to learn hands down because it might be something I'm tripping over right now. So no, I absolutely adore that. I love it. I love it. And I'm super curious. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm literally like, so I need to hear, I, I need to walk through uh, jumping off of a building to broken ribs. Trust and believe that I need to, I absolutely am dying to hear those lessons. That's the truth. I like that. That is very, very true. And I actually really, really like that in, um, in that mindset of exactly how we are because it's so true you do learn more from hearing other people's stories like the stuff i've picked up in yours is kind of awesome like one of the lessons i really picked up for me personally is get comfortable just sharing like the parts of my story that i don't feel comfortable sharing just yet because it's me like don't try and hide the weirdness yeah, it's you. And, and and you know what the greatest part about it? Let me tell you what the most exciting part about that shit is. Like why it's like, oh, you got to do it. Because when you share the ugly parts of your story or the parts that you're ashamed of, the people who you vibe with the best on this planet, they flock to you. And the people who like, mm, you're just okay with, they run from you. And what happens is that you build, like this is where it gets into, for us, business and just environment, like, you build a world that totally vibes and feels good instead of pieces and parts that feel good. Like if you were to watch our team, my employees, but my team, you would swear we were all born together for one. We love each other. We're after work, no matter the age, the color, the sex, we still want to be with each other. And we've been together for years and years. And then if you looked at our company, our community, our clients, like this is why it's so important because the people that, like the reason why I experience love and laughter every day, it's because, and I mean laughter every day, not some days. It's because everybody around me from our employees, our vendors, to our community, our private clients, and all of the hundreds and thousands of people who attend our live events every year, it's like being in a whole room of me. And you know the craziest part about it? We're a 30% white male audience. That's incredible. Yeah, we're 30% and they're not coming with their wives and you know, they're they are I mean, it's it's real. It's like we have the whole world there because I'm talking to hearts. I'm not really interested in the traditional avatar like mom, woman, a business owner, 45 27, like all of that shit goes out the window. We both like X shows. We both read this magazine. Like all that shit is for, I've been, you know, I've been in business a long time. And yes, I used to market a certain way, but boy, I tell you, you master learning how to tell your story. And then you master talking about your story and just owning it in its raw form. You literally attract the perfect, perfect clients. And we sell high, high, high tickets, low ticket and all things in between. And we don't have to do any of that stuff. We don't have to build the online tripwires and all that other foolishness to sell our high ticket to the person who doesn't look like me. I mean, we've just, I mean, since opening, we've generated a million dollars all over again just by me getting on uh, in front of people and telling my story. And we didn't have a course. We didn't have an online product. We didn't have any of that stuff. Um, but that's just because I, the word funnel drove me through a wall. 
Uh, oh, like, trust me, don't don't even get me started with that shit. Like as soon as because like before everyone kind of jumped and destroyed that word for me, I was actually one of those people that like I didn't say I was a funnel builder. For me, that was just a sales funnel. You built a sales funnel always. That's what you did. And do you want to know the crazy thing? Oh. The company that made this insane. I'm going to give props to the one man behind this because it's his fault. Here we go. He's one of my best friends and I love him to pieces. And that is my friend Ken Foodie. Now, mm-hmm. Ken is the one that came up with that classic uh, opt-in, tripwire, big thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. He basically revolutionized this funnel. And he actually told me the story of how it came about and corroborated it and it did. But here's the thing. There are about a good about 50 to 400 different funnels he and I came up with together. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the crazy thing because everyone's relying on one thing, but there are so many different ways. There are so many different ways. You know, you had me pause. You know why? Because I actually know Ken Foodie. Oh, shit. No way. <laughs> I met, I had the, I literally, <laughs> talk about a small world, huh? I Wait, met Wait, so him, do you know Marisa? I, I met him not too long ago and I'm, and I'm in my head. I'm like, where did I met? The nicest guy ever. We were standing together more so than one. That's crazy. And he I is have a testimonial from him, by the way. I believe it. He's like the ninja funnel. He, he's like the he's like the behind the scene guys that you if you know him, it's like, oh my gosh, I met a legend. I know yeah. a le- I know a legend. The crazy thing about him, and this is something I love about him, is Ken is one of those dudes that if you know him, you know. Like you know you're in a very small circle of people that know him. Um but he's such a good dude. But do you know Murray and Marisa at all? Like Marisa Murgatroyd? That sounds so... Now, they just sound familiar. All right. So those three knuckleheads are three of my favorite people in California that I love. I just love all three of them so very much. I'm very close with both Murray and um, Ken. Uh, and, of course, Ken's out in Utah. But uh, he he's yeah. originally from California. Um, he is incredible. By the way, can you hear me okay? Yes, I hear you perfect. Oh, sorry. Someone else... Something just happened. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Sorry. Just someone popped up on Skype. I thought it was you for some reason because it came up and my brain just went crazy. Anyway, jumping back onto this, Ken is one of those really cool dudes. Now, he's the one guy that if he says the word funnel, it doesn't piss me off because I'm like, you understand this. Whereas everyone kind of the world went crazy. But I agree with you. Telling your story and telling it correctly, especially now, is the best time. Absolutely. Oh gosh, it is. And, and, and it's, you know, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying there's a perfect way. It's just more like tell the whole thing. It's That's not, the it's thing. Not per- it, it becomes perfect over time. It doesn't come out perfect. You do it until it just comes out correctly and you don't feel, it was well, not that you don't feel, but it, it just helps. It actually helps you feel more relaxed and more yourself. And as you said, you attract those people because the thing for me is, um, I know what people I love get along, getting along with. I love those people I can that have the darkest sense of humor because they've lived through some shit. And they know yeah. humor is a great way of actually making that stuff sound funny because if you look back in certain things, like some of the greatest tragedies, you will piss yourself laughing. Especially <laughs> if you look at it with yourself. I've done that with my, my mother. Yeah. My mother of all people was telling me about this. Um... She was just telling me exactly how it was growing up in Africa. And she was like, yeah, so this. And goes, 
back then that used to terrify me, but now I can't stop laughing about it. I was like, oh my God, you are definitely my mother. So we have like tragedy and we just laugh at it. But real quick before like we kind of like bring the show to a close, I do want to ask you one of my favorite questions on the show. Uh, one yep. of two actually. And the first one is um, specifically when life has knocked you down in the last, you know, whenever in your life that you felt life has really kicked you. And we've discussed this slightly with your story. What steps do you use right now to prevent yourself from sliding back to like, life has knocked me down, I can't get back up, and I want to quit? What stops it to get into that extreme? Like, how do you turn it around before it even gets to that level? You know, um, gosh, you know, I, I think for me, it's I, there's, there's three things that I do. So one, for sure, when I feel like I am like that deep breath moment, where either life has handed you a life card because that happens yeah. and you're in the midst of, you know, on, on your journey, you get handed a life card and you're like, Flip. um, or you're just wake up and you're having a day. Um, number one, I remind, so there are times where I feel intimidated for sure. And, or I am being told Tiffany, you'll never be able to accomplish X. And I'm like, I take a moment and I grab a sheet of paper, even sometimes behind the stage. Like if there's like a thousand people out there and I'm like, oh man, these people are not ready for me. And I'll grab a sheet of paper real quick and I'll write down uh, the 10 things that I've accomplished really, really quickly to remind myself. Because sometimes we get so lost in all the shit that's not going right at a moment that we totally negate the things that we've accomplished. And I need to remind myself. So I grab a sheet of paper, a napkin, something, and I literally write them down. Because if I just replay them in my head, it's not enough. I have to see them and read them out loud. The second thing that I do is I always have a handful of people. You know, they, they say that top five thing, you're the sum of, of five people. Well, yeah. for me, I learned I, I learned and rewalked through that about seven, eight, maybe nine years ago. And I aggressively went through this process to rebuild my five because not rebuild, I didn't have a five. I think I had like a negative five. And I went through this process to, to build my world of people that I can trust. And so I have them on dial and where I reach out to them in that moment. So reaching out is important. Um, reaching out and saying, I'm not having a good day. Hey, I need to talk. Hey, this is happening. And there's two different types of people. One, it's like, yeah, your best friend, you'll do that with. But I also have a handful of people who I'll do that with who are not necessarily my best friend. And I do that because I need to keep myself vulnerable in moments that I need to keep myself vulnerable and willing. And so there are some people that I don't know how they're going to react when I tell them that. So I, I keep that close and I'm quick to pick up the phone at six in the morning and be like, I know it's early, but can you talk? The so third thing that I do is I make sure that I, I live somewhere that allows me to see sunset or sunrise. Um, and like in a moment where something's not making sense, I'm going to quickly travel and go and and be in touch with some type of creation from the creator because it allows me to reground myself at that moment, something that just can't be made by man. And it allows me to focus and almost recalibrate, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best things to do. 
Um, and it's it's something I think everyone should do, even right now with where the world is at when we're recording this. Um, if we're still like in some sort of quarantine or lockdown, I mean, even going out to see the sunlight for a few minutes a day helps. It does. So it much. Does. And like for me, it's a case of like I'm grateful that uh, my downstairs is kind of like dark and stuff. My upstairs, I have like this beautiful view of the city, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's going to sound really crazy, but I actually bought some barbecue stuff the other day, just simply that. because I'm like, you know what? I know the world is going crazy. I know everything can be the way it is, but I'm going to give myself this one pleasure of barbecuing some food that I really, really like. I just really that. kind of enjoy it. I'm jealous. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you got a nice little balcony, just going to do a little barbecue for myself. Yeah, I love that. I totally dig it. And and I think that's the other thing. Do something for you. Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of the big thing as well that I always tell people is um, when, you're, when you're finding not just your story, when you're finding yourself, tell people about the stuff that you love to do outside of it. And that's something that I wanted to allude to as well. I was saying earlier was the more I show up with who I am and how I am, you know, I cuss in real life. I talk a bunch of crap and we have a lot of fun i love martial arts we i love to, i love finding about conspiracy theories i love talking about really weird thoughts and patterns in human life and stuff and what we've gone through and i love all the little tidbits in between um the every aspect of life that's there but the crazy thing is only a portion of that used to get told through the uh, through the internet it wasn't until i started to really open that out and share my other experiences I started to find people who were like way closer to me and the right people showed up the way I need them. Just like you said. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. That's Conspiracy theories. Oh boy. We got to talk about that. I'm interested. Oh, you and I are definitely <laughs> going to have to jam on that. Um, but I was going to say one of the things that I really want people to reach out to is, can you guys please go check out uh, crush it with your story.com. I, Definitely recommend after hearing the show, you gotta like go find this woman. You gotta go find Tiffany. You gotta hunt her down online. You gotta follow all her social media. Cause trust me, you're gonna pick up some gold. And you know, she's now got a fan in me as well, which is brilliant. But <laughs> Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I truly appreciate you being here. Um, and guys, any last words before we sign off uh, from this episode? No, uh, no. Whatever you do, please remember that you're either doing the damn thing or you're not. That's it. So my question to you right now, regardless of where you are, is are you doing the damn thing? Yes or no? That's a very powerful question to have. And even that could even be if you're resting, are you resting on purpose? That's always the best thing to look at. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I'll speak to you real soon. Have an amazing weekend. And I hope you're telling your story and just enjoying life as you as you can. Take care, peace out, and uh, have a great weekend.